Welcome to DNA Podcast. Is that a dog? <laughs> I'm leaving this in. I'm leaving this in. I'm not taking this out. No, no, we're doing this right now. Welcome to the DNA Podcast. Your go-to source for dogs barking and don't know. Don't you mute yourself now, Lacey? <laughs> you know what's so great is this is the episode where we actually introduce her and talk about her being on the show and everything. And man, she doesn't even let me get through my intro before she's starting to try to take over. What the heck? Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just go through this. Back on the show tonight is the wonderful, the amazing, the impeccable, and let's see if I can get him on a soapbox, uh, David Perry, as well as the uh, very rude, very interrupting Miss Lacey. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, so this episode tonight is, this is going to be very casual. Uh, we have lots of announcements, lots of stuff I want to get into and talk about because some, some changes coming to the podcast. Um as well as we are introducing officially and having a a one-on-one -on -one with her uh miss lacy knudsen is going to be our our additional on the show and um uh, yeah I, I i think that's pretty much how i wanted to do it i i dude i'm not even gonna lie i'm totally thrown off by the dog parking right now <laughs> She wanted everyone to know that she's here too. Oh my gosh. What what kind of dog is it? Uh she's a mix. I am we're not really sure, but I think she's black lab and rat terrier. She has like the big rat terrier ears, but she's bigger like a black lab. What what's her name? Leona. Leona? All right. Leona's are the official unofficial uh mascot for the DNA <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> love it. It's a great way to start an episode. Oh, I love it. Um, so David, how are you good, sir? What have you been up to? Uh, not a lot since our last episode. Uh, the weather's starting to warm up, which means I can do work outside again. So I'm working on a replacement for my Mercy staff, which I broke at Dragon Con last year. So I got some parts uh, 3D printed, so I have to rebuild it. Are you like, uh, doing like resin casting or fixing on it or, uh, uh it's 3D printed and I, leaned it against the wall not thinking and it started to slide and the world slowed down to about oh, no. six one six speed and it was one of those no. oh man oh. and then there was a flurry of profanity uh as one of the one of the prongs shattered so oh, i had i had a friend reprint sucks. that but then while i was re reprinting it i hadn't just had to just reprint the whole thing and i'm rebuilding it <laughs> There you so go. I, dude, I, I do that all the time with models, especially once. Actually, I have one right here, uh, which I spent hours painting this uh, lizard man. And he he's, he's 3D printed resin and he fell and he shattered. There's like claws missing. His leg came off. Uh, so he's battle damaged. And I think I'm actually going to have him sitting in a resin swamp. So I can do something with him because right now he's just like peg leg Pete. You know, it's, it's, right. it's sad. It's right. Well, that was my first major cosplay uh, accident because most of the time, like with my Mando armor or with some of the other things, you can just chalk it up to battle damage and it's just scrapes <laughs> and scuffs, but it hit the floor and shattered into it, oh. you know, a dozen pieces. And uh, so anyway, so that's 
kind of what I've been up to. And you've been up to some World of Warcraft. We know that from last night. You were up to World of Warcraft. You got sucked uh, into well, a raid. No, no, I wasn't. I, I was playing a Secret World Legends last night. Oh, were you? Yeah, the the, the guild, the cabal I'm in. I was like, hey, we're going to run a raid. Uh, and I thought we were recording earlier and no one was on. So I got sucked into that. In, in, so in my defense, uh, we are potty training the twins, uh, which I've discovered. So for anybody who's not a parent, potty training is like one of the bane of existence for kids. Um, for anybody who's had to do potty training, you know where I'm coming from. Now we're doing the twins. So it's two and you think, okay, they're, they would just both do it at the same time. No, they are like they're polar opposite personalities. And so it's one thing that works for one won't work for the other. Like I, I have to use, I don't have to use, but we like to try to get them set on the, the, the potties. Like I have one that we'll put on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Well, the other one wants to watch Dinosaur Train. Well, since that one wants to watch Dinosaur Train, we'll switch it over. Then the other one who wanted to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse has a flip out about it. One of them doesn't want to sit on it. The other one, it, it's just like, it has been like pure chaos for the last two days. We're on day two. Like, it's like, oh my God. I don't think two. anybody out there thinks that having a set of twins instead of one single child is easier because they're twins well yeah true that's probably true my heart goes out to anybody who has triplets and i do know somebody who has triplets and my heart goes out to them so hard because i'm like oh my god this is what i'm going through with twins i can only imagine what triplets are like um but you know luckily, that not having what? children oh my god isn't it it's so great i hate you <laughs> I love my kids. I love them. They're so great. The the one's going through puberty, so he's all hormonal and emotional and angsty. And then there's the twins who are being potty trained. So it's, oh my God, I get it all. It's so great. And you know what I get? I get a basement full of toys, gobs up. of money, and loads shut of free time. Up. Shut I up. I personally want to just say that being an aunt is pretty awesome. I, I that's what I hear. I, I hear. probably better than yeah no well, yeah no it's 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 great you guys suck because yes. it's because because i went straight to grandparenthood because my, my stepkids have have children and it's it's just like that being the fun aunt fun uncle fun grandparent all the fun none of the responsibility and then when you're done right you get to wind them up you take them out for a slushy or ice cream and then you send them home Ah, you're funny yeah. I, and you know what i'm excited my my oldest goes to my parents this summer so we send them off every summer oh right and oh and then God. they get to that age you're like hey here's 150 feet per second nerf gun that i'm going to send you back to your dad's with Bam. <laughs> <laughs> um actually fun story so we did i'm doing dnd this this friday and our next friday am i what day is Easter? Next week, right? Oh my God. Yes. I think it's this next weekend. Next yeah, yeah, it is. Oh my God. So Friday, I'm doing D&D. We did Friday, uh, did D&D uh, a week ago and my friend brought over a crossbow. And so we were shooting in the backyard. It was really cool. Um, and my son may have lost a bolt. <laughs> like he shot it. And we were all, we probably spent a good 30 minutes looking for it and everything. So that was fun. Um, I, I, I love my D and D guys. I really do doing D and D with them because, uh, 
they make terrible decisions. I actually almost TPK'd the team uh, last week. Like, I don't know if you guys saw my t- uh, my Twitter uh, message. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a picture made of last session because these three guys almost got killed by a young adult white dragon, barely survived it, and they did all this really dumb stuff. It was, it was hilarious. And... So then I took them to, I, they, they were going to go out and go do the long rest, right? And I told them, okay, you're walking through a field and you're going to your next spot. You're going to find a place to, to set up camp. Uh, you see a door in the middle of the field. Now, this door I've been trying to put in a campaign for the longest time because it was just like this running gag between my, me and my boy, Bob, uh, that the door would be a mimic. And it would just be a door somewhere randomly anywhere and to see what would happen. You know, you think, oh, a door in the middle of the field. Maybe I shouldn't touch it. Maybe I should do all these things. No, nope, these dumbasses just go right over and try to open it. Yeah. Uh, the fighter almost dies nine times. He got knocked unconscious that many times. And then they got trampled by a mammoth. They, they just kept failing all their like, uh, like, camping lookouts and everything so they almost died so many times it was such an epic situation that they ended up two of them were unconscious and one of them had one health point and to survive the cold of Icewind Dale they disemboweled the mammoth and got into it like a tauntaun and that's where we left the session because I was afraid I was going to kill them um, but so I'm getting that made up by an artist and he's actually going to, uh, draw up this. What do you got there? This is a trebuchet. Mike is, oh, you got your mic down uh, up. That's why I can't use you. Oh, why sorry, do you have a trip? <laughs> why do you have a trebuchet? Why not? I, I mean, I, you, it's so you, random. You, no, you, you're talking about having a crossbow. You need to, you need to keep a trebuchet at your table. Because mm-hmm. I can I'm load not... this, I can I can shoot Nerf rifle balls, I can shoot marshmallows. I marbles. need that just so it can shoot my players when they do something stupid, which is a lot. I want one now. I'm getting you one. You need like some marshmallow slingshots too. <laughs> to, to reward them when they do good things, I send out marshmallows. When they do bad go, things, I too like you know, yes, yes. <laughs> go take good or Renfair. Yeah. This one, I think, well, this cost me fifty dollars several years ago it's probably 75 or 80 dollars now but uh-huh. that's what you need um and oh that's for your miniatures right so yeah. you set it up at the table and then uh-huh. you can pop your players or they can pop you <laughs> no create an arms race at your dnd table <laughs> i gave him a puzzle one time it was uh one of those uh like four, it's it's a balancing puzzles where it's like it's on that half moon piece and I, it, it was all dinosaurs, and I had them try to balance stuff on it. That was like a puzzle tournament thing that they had to do. Told me they had five minutes or they were going to die. Took them 15 minutes. I felt bad, and I just let them, you know. Oh. <laughs> it was so, funny watching. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, so so that's when you introduce, like, the marshmallow, the marshmallow slingshots mm-hmm. or the marshmallow uh, uh, crossbows. Huh. I'm down. I'm in. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all over Red Fairs. You can buy them for... 10 bucks I, or something. I, I'm, I'm going to uh uh the king richards ren fair in massachusetts this year okay. i want to take my family to it because last couple of years it was kind of hard doing ren fairs and everything especially the pandemic but this year i'm i'm definitely going to do that um 
But speaking of events, uh, I want to talk about some things that are coming up uh, May 7th, uh, Canton, Connecticut. I know I mentioned this in our last episode, but I want to keep it going. Uh, I'm going to be there uh, for an expo run by Two Guys uh, Comics. They are running an expo there. There is going to be right now, I, they have around 13 vendors. And uh, I was wrong about where the money is going to. Uh, I had said autism awareness. I, I, oops, that was on me. Uh, it's actually going to the Connecticut Children's Medical Center. So the, all the money is going to go help out uh, this, this, this center with the children. So I think we're donating money or and we're buying some stuff uh, to help out with it. Uh, so that's my bad for oopsing where it's going to. Um, and exciting news for the podcast. Uh, we are expanding. Um, we're going to be adding videos. Uh, eventually, I would like to do actual record our videos and put them up uh but i want to make sure i give everybody a heads up before like hey give everybody permission be like hey we good with this uh, we're also because we're going to be going to um uh barker museum mystic aquarium dinosaur place uh we're going up to uh salem to do uh ghost hunting and salem witch trials stuff uh, as well as the uh possibly the lizzie borden or border. Oh my God, I'm going to screw up her name. Uh, Lizzie, what's her name? Lacey, help me. Lizzie, Lizzie Borden. Yes. Lizzie Borden. Uh, her, that her house is a bed and breakfast and a museum. Uh, so awesome. <laughs> we're in the talks with them. Uh, I do. There's so much stuff around here in new England, that I, I, I couldn't not do it. Uh, it, and so basically what this is, is going to be we're going to start this off as a, like a, a side project and calling it uh, my backyard. And it's going to be doing everything in new England area because Lacey and I are both from new England and doing stuff that's around here, stuff that's great to visit during the spring and summer or looking into the fall. Uh, we're going to do interviews with them on a podcast side, as well as I'm going to be doing video cinematography, like 15, 20 minutes is what on the time frame I'm looking at for uh youtube and we're going to be putting those up on the website uh as well as the website is getting redone uh josh newton who had just launched a book uh, is going to be working on the website and uh getting this up so i'm really 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 excited about that um yeah so that's pretty much what i've been working i've been trying to get all that stuff getting ready for this expo uh getting talking to the sponsors because we've had people donate stuff um getting all the raffle set up it's that's pretty much been my life um so yeah hiding stuff uh i still haven't seen batman yet um i think i'm just going to wait for it to come out on in hbo because it's supposed to come out on the 18th now which is in like seven days <laughs> so why bother going to the, the the movies to see it um plus it's good in a theater i well i was gonna go see it on friday and then I found this out and I was, I'm also kind of want to, but I don't know if I want to go see Morbius because I'm hearing interesting things about it. I, I don't know. Have you heard anything? I've Either heard it's you? awful. Is it? I've heard it's a hot mess. Oh. Now I don't, I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not a huge Morbius fan. So I'm not beating the doors to answer where, where it doesn't tie into the MCU. I don't know that I really care. Yeah. So I will wait till that comes to HBO. We'll go. We'll, 
who's who's it gonna will it go to hbo or will it go to somebody else because it's sony it's not marvel and because where did away from home go Welcome to Dad's Nerdy Ambitions. Your nerds away don't from know home. Which is, what is that? <laughs> or no way home. That's it. Shut up. You know I knew what I meant. No way home. It's eventually going to be on Disney Plus. None of the Spider Mans are. Or, well, I mean, are any of the Spider? No, I don't think any of the Spider Man movies. Oh, I don't know. Are on there? Uh, the, I'm not the streaming person. Why not? You watch Disney Plus. You have Star I watch Wars. Star you- Wars on Disney Plus. <laughs> streaming that counts right but everything else i'm like oh what's on food network (laughs) (laughs) i do like food network um i I will say this though i I do like watching the greatest great british bake-off on netflix that's Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of my thing to go and then i'm like Uh, it is like they're so pleasant when they're criticizing these people like they're like they're not mad at you they're they're just like i'm disappointed i know you could do better and you're like i can do better than this and i'm like man he just told you your food sucked, and yet you're you're still so happy afterwards. Like we, we expect it better from. I'm sorry, I'll do better next time. I, the only uh, movie that I'm really di- uh, probably going to see in the theater next is going to be the Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness. Yes, I'm totally yes. That one I will actually go. So that's May sure. 6th. So that's in a month. Yes. Um, which is I, I think actually my plan is after the expo is to take my son and go right over to a theater and go see it. Okay. I think that's our plan because yeah, I, I definitely want to go see that. And uh, Tom Cruise is going to be in it. Uh, he is going to be playing, um, or no, no, no. He's going to be in Thor, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. He's playing uh, God Killer, I think is who he's playing. Uh, so uh, I have to look that up, but yeah, I do. Tom Cruise seems a little bit big for a Marvel movie. Really, Robert Downey Jr. So. When Robert Downey Jr. was an Iron Man, he was at Rock. He was that rebuilt his career. He okay. was not. He was not an A-list superstar. Chris Hemsworth. He did Cabin in the Woods. Um, Mark Ruffalo wasn't. Uh, could you say Paul Rudd? Right, but that's that's later on. That that's at the point then when people are beating Marvel's doors down to to get any part in in an MCU movie. So why wouldn't Tom Cruise be beating down doors? He doesn't need the money. Oh, okay. He prints his own money. <laughs> okay. He could be just a huge fan, though. He could, yeah, that, yes, yes, that, he could be, he could be. Yeah, uh, I'm Cause, looking because right you know when, when the first Harry Potter movie came out, you know, it seemed like every British actor was just trying to find some way to get in. You know, you know they got John Cleese to be nearly headless Nick, it's just kind of like <laughs> real, just out of nowhere. Oh, look, it's John Cleese. Okay, um, but I think a, a lot of the a lot of the MCU actors in the first movies. It was a real gamble. They were taking a gamble in addition to, to MC, the MCU taking a gamble on them. Uh, you know, it, Edward Norton, he was in the, well, he was in that one Hulk movie. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they got rid of him. Uh, so. 
Okay. That is true. Um, yeah, I, I can't find it right now. I don't know why I can't, but whatever. Um, okay. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> we didn't come on here to talk about Thor Love and Thunder, though that will be great when that comes out. We came to introduce our newest uh, a, a person on our podcast, our latest and greatest, uh, Miss Lacey. Uh, Lacey, welcome to the show and welcome to the family. I'm excited to be here. Um, so let me, uh, we talked a little bit um, and you and I talked a, a, a lot last night, actually. We were just sitting there just kind of chilling, talking about stuff. Um, what are your nerdy fandoms? Let's start with that. So I am, I think probably the biggest thing that I do that's nerdy is D&D for sure. I've been doing uh, that since I was, um, in seventh or eighth grade and have taken that I still play every week I play fifth edition um we sometimes mix it up okay um but I take that to my job too I do I uh, do D&D for people with traumatic brain injuries so that's um one of the many things I'm into I also do medieval reenactment um, with the SCA, the Society for Creative Anachronism, and I do fighting and art and uh, other things. <laughs> so, so, so what's the difference? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, what's the difference between, uh, let's see, because I had, we did an episode on LARPing, and it's, it's called Boffer or Bopper and SCA. Like, so that's, so the different so Bafa is the style of fighting okay. often with um, LARPing. They usually use like uh, if I understand right, I don't actually do LARPing like with Bafa. Uh, um, I do go to an anime convention that does Bafa though, so I kind of see it. Um, but that's mostly like fighting with like foam weapons. Where the SCA is really broad. There's a lot of different uh, things you can do. You can do fighting, you can do fencing, you can do art, you can do like this brewing, there's uh, like making textiles, like people take it in all kinds of different directions. Um, but the fighting, the what we call heavy list is actually with rattan weapons oh. wrapped in duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they get pretty like you get some nasty bruises from that. Seriously. Yeah, I've had um, some pretty intense, like, I, I had low armor on my legs for a while, and I would get bruises that were, like, dinner plate-sized. <laughs> um, I had one, I got hit in the ribs, and I, like, couldn't, like, I was working at a chemistry job where I had to, like, open these metal cells, and I'm just like, I can't do it, because it hurts. See, so, so, yeah, I, I play paintball, so I can understand, like, paintballs, bruising you and like it used to freak out my mom and my wife and everything um but like you guys get like that hardcore you, you go to like I, I figured it'd be like almost I don't even I don't want to say pillow fight but like uh like not even but you know what I mean like holy cow really and people do get injured but they try there's definitely armor standards like you have to wear like a heavy steel helmet that covers your you have to have bars across your face so nothing can come through. Um, you have to have like uh, abdomen protection and kidney protection, knees and elbows with metal, um, groin protection. 
and there's still like a some flexibility though that people go real low on the armor and then they get hurt I, i'm not gonna lie i'm the guy that goes paintballing in shorts and t-shirts so i would be that guy that would not wear anything i'm also a little bit that person a lot of <laughs> the times i get injured it's like that was a place i probably should have armored more but i don't <laughs> do you wear a plate or chain or um I, I what armor do you wear I wear plastic lamellar underneath my tunic, um, but I think I kind of want to get into wearing chain in the future. I just haven't like haven't done it yet. For my legs, I actually use um like MMA fighting like gear that's like a hard shell with padding underneath it. Um, and for like my elbows and knees, it's like metal cops that I strung onto um volleyball like pads now does does sca do you have to make that appear to be period accurate i mean as opposed to just wearing like paintball armor um you know because i know some folks they have like the full the full plate mail and it's you know 120 pounds of you know whatever <laughs> um and but other people they'll they'll have um they'll have a, a like a brigandine coat and on the outside and underneath like you were saying it's 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 padded it's eva and and other stuff underneath it i think that not everybody takes it to the full extent there's kind of an expectation that you need to like not look like you just put on a bunch of mundane armor or like hockey gear or whatever i think you should put something <laughs> over it um but you see people you can see their like sneakers or whatever Dave's wanting to know because he wants to come out in his Mando armor and just like rock house. Oh I've no! Seen recently a Mandalorian helmet. Somebody like had built one that's SCA and they wear it. Oh no! If if I was your age still, if, or if I was still twenty four, <laughs> I, I would be all over this. But now, I mean, I in the Star Wars community, there are these lightsaber groups, some of these lightsaber fightings, and some choreography. And all of just these young kids who are just out jumping around. And I'm like, I'm, my knees and my back, have, <laughs> every, every time I do something strenuous, they remind me that I am not 24 anymore. Yeah. You get that, what's my deductible question running in your head? I have yeah. that running a lot. I, I, I have that. I go, I want to do this, but what's my deductible? Oh, yes. It's, it's a business decision. <laughs> I like that a reset point in my life. <laughs> Oh um, no! I, when, <laughs> when you get to that age, when you wake up, or when you're when you're walking up steps and your body's cracking like a glow stick, or, <laughs> or you, I mean, three all this morning, getting ready out of bed. I'm like, my back hurts. Oh, Why no. do okay, I hurt? But you would be surprised. The um the group of people who do this uh, ranges from 18 to like like 60s 70s for like, them you know if, they yes. play forever you know right if, right if, if i had if i had gotten into sca in my 20s and kept going yeah i, I would be fine now it's not going to happen now no, I, it, I i sit back and i watch all the young kids do all the strenuous <laughs> things and show off and and no you've got nothing yeah. to prove <laughs> i do not have anything to prove and i have everything to lose and i'm I at guess. the age i'm at the age when i could blow out my back sneezing or <laughs> Pull a muscle washing my hair. I mean, have that's... you ever sneezed? And where you got that? Where when you sneeze, like it, the you know when you stand up too quick, like you, the blood rush and everything, and everything kind of gets all like hazy for a second. 
I've done that sneezing. I, I haven't done that sneezing. I've made my neck pop sneezing and oh. I've pulled a muscle washing my hair in the shower. So I'm <laughs> props right. to you. You I know, right? me. <laughs> I, right. It's, it's not even like, you know, I was in the shower my <laughs> wife and pulled a muscle. Oh no. I was washing my hair and it's like, Oh, that's not good. Uh, one day that will happen to you. Oh, please all don't put that kids, curse on me. Don't all, put that all, one on me. All of you kids uh, who can still eat whatever you want and you can still, you I know, can't do that. Do, do all sorts of crazy stuff. It will catch up to you. No, yeah. I have a Red Bull and I get heartburn now. I'm like, nope. oh, yep. W- welcome, welcome to, to midlife. Oh, this sucks. Just take me out back and put me out of my misery. Yeah. <laughs> so you were talking, like, so it's not just all fighting in the SCA. And I, I know this, this isn't about SCA, but I'm super interested to learn about some stuff yes. here. Um, uh, so it's, you were talking about like, it's mead or like you can brew, learning how to make stuff like yeah, in textiles. There's a huge brewing uh, community. I haven't Whoa. gotten into brewing yet, but I've toyed with it. What my problem is that I want to get into everything. And so I just can't financially support everything. You should do. probably not be a part of this podcast then that that is a major problem that happens on here. I'm not even uh, going mean- to lie. <laughs> I'm here apart because I have that problem that I want to do everything. <laughs> well, that's it's it's great. I did meat. I did meat. I made meat, and it over fermented. So I or didn't over ferment. It re fermented while it was aging, and so I had to open up the bottles because they were over carbonating. And I made carbonated mead. It came out really good. It was twenty five percent alcohol volumes. <laughs> yeah, so it was great, and it would have gotten worse. It is actually. Three days ago, I was supposed to open up the bottle because it would have aged four months. And that was my first marker to open up my first two bottles. And it was already at 25%. And that was at like two, uh, two, uh, two months was at 25%. Um, but yes, so that's one of the things that you can do brewing. What, uh, what other things can you do? Do you go to Penzik? I've gone to Penzik, I think, three years. And it's been shut down the last two years because of COVID. Um, but I do plan on going this year. Okay, that's what I, I heard it was going to happen this year. Yeah, I like Penzik a lot. The war is just like the, the actual fighting is something that is, it feels unreal. There's, I don't know how much, uh, I mean, David, you obviously have heard of Penzik. I don't know how much you know, Steve, but it's like 10,000 plus people who go to this event that's two weeks long and they have to have a mayor because there's so many people you it's like a, a town and wow. people set up like their their camps and some people are really serious about like keeping it like period so they don't show any mundane things you can't like have your water bottles out their coolers are covered and um so so like basically what that was that movie the role models and everything or that all oh, that's that's it's the, like more intense than that I think. that's awesome i want in i'm in let's see this is this is the problem with this show now i hear this and i want to do this it, that's a that's in pennsylvania right yeah say so it's right in your back right around the corner from us oh my god i probably passed it where's it at it's um it's in uh it's at cooper lake which i'm lo- losing what town that's in um, but it's like near Pittsburghy area. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's all right. So that's not too far from you, David. Oh, snap. 
we'll have to have a in-person get together yes well so you and i were talking last night too um, except i don't camp oh i don't camp either i rv now i've discovered that's a new thing for me that's that's a that's a new this year thing or last year i discovered i don't do camping anymore because my body can't handle it i get sore and achy and miserable i i I don't sleep outside around the ground anymore i can't i I had a cot is is this like who's older here kind of thing like whose body's more broken yeah wait 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 15 more years when you're my age i don't want this yeah Uh i want to go back to like falling asleep on the ground like in a house and waking up and being able to lift 5,000 pounds and, you know, and just being absolutely okay with my life. No, this is horrible. Yeah. So, so it's North of Pittsburgh Yeah. Um, for two weeks. Now, when you go, do you have to be an SCA member to go or, or can just anybody show up and pay the entry fee or how does that work? You know, you don't have to be an SCA member. And I think that's one of the cool things about Pensick. There's like a groups that come who don't do SCA normally. They just come to Pensig because it's a big thing. Um, there are definitely groups that are outside of the norm for for um, the SCA. But also any event that the SCA puts on, you don't actually have to be a member to attend anything. You can just, you know, show up. They ask that you have an attempt at garb. But a lot of times if you show up, they'll have garb that you can like, like loaner garb you can wear for the day. So is it it because because I I haven't been to an SCA event I think I might have oh, I can't say that I've even ever been to one but so how is it different from a Ren fair? Mm. So I actually haven't been to a Ren fair, which is really embarrassing. But from what I know, um, your face. Oh my face! I'm I'm flabbergasted. Like <laughs> my wife, I understand who's never been to a Ren fair. My sister in law who's never been to anything medieval you madam i am i am shocked <laughs> i know i should go to like um like a king richard's fair you should or whatever. i yes. heard they're really awesome so what i understand the difference is is the i think the overall idea of the sca is you're attempting to kind of uh recreate history you're trying to like live as they would maybe cook depending on however you want to take it so people definitely take it more seriously than others and and then people will find the niche that they're like I really want to be like doing all my cooking that's medieval like using the ingredients using the cooking method or or do all my medieval brewing or art or whatever um and you're trying to like like respectfully recreate whatever that is and the impression I get with a a Ren Faire is it's more of a experience Um, experience yeah oh it's right because they're very commercial and they have fairies and ye old ice cream machine and and all that (laughs) other sort of thing okay (laughs) oh that's cool i like it but at say at penzik there will there be vendors if i wanted to go and buy uh, and a blacksmith might set up his shop is is that the case there oh the shopping is so good at penzik it's there's so much shopping at Pensick. I like it's almost impossible to go everywhere. It's so much. Okay. Now is is there an admission fee to get in the door, or is it just you you go park for the ten dollars the field, and then you can just walk around and there is an admission buy daggers? fee. Okay, for sure. Um, and I think it's you have to. I'm 
not 100% sure, but I think that you have to buy either a week or two weeks. Okay. But there might be a day pass. I'm not 100% I'm sure there's a media pass, David. I'm just saying we we might be able to like weasel our way into going for a day and having some fun. So if, if if I go if I go I mean I I don't mind paying an admission fee I, right. I'm I'm certainly not above that I you know uh, I would kind of like to go but man I have a vacation problem. <laughs> well, it does yeah. happen every year. So except for COVID, but yeah. Except for COVID, yeah, it's been a rough couple of years. It, it, it has, and and that's why I'm excited to get back into all these things, and that's why. I'm excited for us to do like, I can't wait to go back up to like, I've been to Salem and it's totally like, there's so much tourist trappy stuff, but it's like anywhere you go tourist trap, but it's just like this really cool nostalgic history. So being able to go to do something like this with the SCA or just going and checking this out, I am absolutely giddy about that idea. Um, so are, more, are you a, are you a sword and board fighter or so me? what? No, oh, I see. No. I am sword and board. Uh, Okay. I am sword and board. I think it's the insane uh, Marine veteran in me that can <laughs> go out there and just get like my life ruined. Um, but I love it a lot. I squired right before the pandemic to someone. And then I was like, we're just so awesome. We shut the whole world down for two years. Um, so I'm excited to like go and actually do training and fight and, and um. I mean, so I you have, do like training, training, like actual sword training. Well, with our rattan swords, we don't oh. like, yeah. The fencers though, they have the metal fencing swords. So they don't hit as hard, but the, it's a little bit more intense, I think, to have real steel. Right. Because for rattan, theoretically, rattan will break before a bone in your body, right? Is that what they say? Is, or is that... Well, I think if you're wearing your armor, if like all the rules are applying and you're okay. wearing the right armor and you're you're hitting within the uh, right calibration, then it's not super likely you're going to break something. Okay. That's now, do they wow. do they make you test your weapons before they'll let you on the field? Yeah. Okay. They'll like check the tip if you're you have to mark if you have a tip and the tip has to be foam if you're going to like do like. Uh, you know, stabbing motions. Okay. Um, and they check your rattan to make sure it's not splintered and there's nothing coming out. Um, and they check to make sure like you have a lanyard so it can go around your wrist. You're not going to like throw your sword at somebody. And they also check your armor too, to make sure that you're safe, like your knees and your helmet and everything. So if, so when you're fighting and you hit somebody, you score a clean hit on their chest plate or on their head or whatever, does that person fall to the ground or do they then have to tag out and go back and tap a cone and that before they can come back to the battlefield or how does that work? It totally depends on the rules of that scenario. So sometimes it is like a res battle. You go back and you come back. Um, sometimes it's, you get hit once you're it's good and you're out and um, tournaments sometimes have rules. Like you have to die. You have to like show that you died by falling to the ground after a good hit especially like the crown tournaments where we decide who's going to be the next king and queen. That's like a lot of like showy stuff. That's a thing. It now, is a thing. And, and do, you, <laughs> do you do jousting or anything like that too? Or is that? I don't, I have, okay. I do know people who 
do. Um, jousting to me feels like a tad bit dangerous, though it's I think it's actually pretty safe the way that they do it. Um, but my comfort level, I don't have any experience with horses and I don't have any experience with those weapons. Uh, it just feels daunting. <laughs> Do you do uh, any of the axe throwing, archery, or any of the other activities of? Casually, um, I have a I have a setup for archery. I have my own bows and arrow, a bow and arrows. Um, uh, recurve or long? A long, yeah. Um, huh. and I have. Um, I don't have any of my own throwing stuff, so, but a lot of the time, if you go to an event, you can just go to wherever they're doing things and they'll have loaner gear for you. So I have thrown at events. Um, I actually haven't shot my archery stuff at an event. I maybe have once, but before that, I just borrowed stuff. I've shot it like in my backyard, to, like set up a big uh, target. Awesome. <laughs> But I bet the neighbors on the other side of the target were kind of wary, right? Well, they would. We have like woods behind our house. Okay. That's Just the, the furling nice animals. In Maine. Yeah, that too. Now, are there local, uh, is there a local chapter that you plug in with that meets regularly or, or how does that work? Yeah. Um, my, the smallest group that's local is called um, the province of Malagentia, which is like the southern Maine area. And there's like a practice every week that I haven't gone from COVID because you have to like, I don't mind wearing a mask normally, but I do have a hard time wearing it underneath my helmet. Um, but normally that. it's like weekly practices. Um, there's also weekly other like archery and things like that locally. Um, there's like monthly um province meetings where they talk about all the business of the province and and then um I also will like expand out and I go to a monthly uh practice in Fall River Massachusetts <laughs> and nice. the East Kingdom is actually all the way from Nova Scotia to like uh New Jersey New York area so it's a huge we have a huge kingdom <laughs> And, and then there's one guy that is, or girl, who king or queen, that is in charge of this. Yeah. And we have ah. a prince and princess. So it's the king and queen will hold the crown tournament for the prince and princess, like whoever's okay. going to be prince and princess, and they'll take over and then they'll do a crown tournament for the next prince and princess. And so like about a six month reign. How, how do you become the prince or princess? You have to... Either way, you have to either fight in the tournament and win mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. be the person that inspires that person. So the consort is the inspiration for whoever's fighting and, and the idea is they inspire them to, you know, fight well and fight chivalrously and, and then win. I'm, I'm very interested in becoming the king here. I, I, yeah. <laughs> like, of course you are. <laughs> like, how do I do this? Uh, First, you got to buy some armor. Yeah, I know, right? And, and then some... a weapon. And then yeah. go on the what fighting we, circuit. 
really oh. impress somebody like you yes. gotta like oh my ego can impress so many people <laughs> don't worry i that that's not a, pro- a problem uh the skill the problem is going to be listening to rocky albums and training to fight with a sword <laughs> and that running up like and, a problem yeah, no it probably will, well running will be a problem i am <laughs> out of shape uh well no round is a shape i am round so you know i am cool with that <laughs> so, so how, how long have you been you've how long have you been into SCA? I my first event was in 2016. Okay. How does somebody so how did you get into it? And then how does somebody else let's say I want to get into it? What is the best way to do that? So the best way to do that, if you're interested in the SCA and you're not already in the SCA, uh-huh. is just there's um events all over the world, everywhere really. Um, that you can just go and be like, I'm new. You can also drop into like a fight practice and introduce yourself. Or there's a lot of demos that happen. People will like have a demo. Um, they'll advertise it as an SC demo. Um, and you go and they're kind of like set up to show you what the SCA has to offer. And then someone will, we have chatelaines that are, it's kind of their, their position to help new people get into the SCA and to like find what they like and and um how did you get into SCA so I got into SCA um when I came back from the Marines I was working at my local game store who I like I grew up going to this game store left and came back and I was able to get a job there and one of the owners does SCA and she's like hey do you want to just come to this event with me uh up in northern maine and it's super casual and you don't have to have garb we'll get you garb there and you can just see what it's about and i went there and i was like like my head exploded i was so excited i was like i met the first person i met was geeking out about medieval underwear (laughs) and her husband is a master brewer or i think he's a master brewer um he must be. And he's at that time, at least, um, he's great too. And they're just like this level of passion they had. And then there's fighting. And then there's like, people are talking about how they chose their names and seeing everybody's garb. And it was actually at a fort in Northern, like up in Northern Ishmael. Um, so it was like a cool venue is like all the, you know, stone walls and everything. Um, so I was like, just so mind blown at that event that I'm like, we're driving home and I'm like, all right, so like, what does it mean to be a Laurel? What does it mean to be a knight? How long does that take? What, how do you choose your name? Like, is there rules on that? Like, who do I talk to? Like, I was like, so hooked, like day one. That is awesome. So it, I would imagine that this is also one of those hobbies where the cost can be exorbitant. Oh, definitely. Um, but if is there a, is there a lower bar? Is there a lower entry that if someone was of limited budget that that they could get into SCA events without having to you know take out a loan or oh, like less than a tank of gas, which could be a hundred dollars now. <laughs> um, most events are actually pretty cheap. They're like you know, for short events, it's usually 10 to 15 for like a day event. And um, a lot of groups 
set up things or have someone who will like if you can't afford it they'll like help you out I've heard that a lot like people trying to make it more accessible to new people or people who can't afford it um the of course there are people who are like there are people out there who care a lot about the looks of um like your clothing and stuff there's like definitely outliers but for the most part like you can wear whatever you feel comfortable as long as it's an attempt at the medieval like I've seen people like they'll wear a tunic and then they'll wear like um like pajama pants underneath it and it's fine and no one (laughs) nobody really cares all that much um and then there's a lot of people who will be like all right so you you know you are looking like this is something you enjoy let me help you make your next garb and they'll like teach you how to do it and help you find the materials and help you um so it doesn't have to be expensive I think probably it gets more expensive when you get really into the like specific thing that you want and you just like that's where people start losing money they're like I'm really into fighting so I want the best helmet and I want like all the armor and I want it to look really good and um or like all of all of the hobbies like the painting people will like buy pigments and make their own paint and like and buy um parchment and um that kind of stuff gets more expensive it's 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 a hobby within a hobby within a hobby and i think that's really yeah. neat um i i want to do this now i want to go check this out um yes. i'm going to do something dumb though this this Dave, I don't know if you remember this a long time ago. We talked about me wearing a kilt and a chain bikini top. I think this is the the mm-hmm. time has come for me to go to an SEA tournament wearing a kilt and a chain mm-hmm. bikini top. You'd probably yeah. do better at a Ren Fair for that. I mean, <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> right, right, because that that there there are you couldn't mix and match something like that. They wouldn't. They would frown on that. Is that right? Yeah, but I if, think they would a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. But but if you went to a rent fair, you'd be fine. I, I think I'd be absolutely okay. Right. Um, right. But but you wouldn't put on you wouldn't do an elf or a fairy cosplay for 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 an SCA event. Is, right. No, not you. This is more like time correct sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, the only time I see that is at Pensy because you get like they draws people from different groups. Okay. But most events. I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody wearing like fantasy stuff at a. No, would when they talk about medieval, is there a faction that uh, that does Japanese or Chinese style um, armor and costumes, or is it mostly European medieval era? Uh, Actually, cost- our king right now in the east has a Japanese persona. Okay. Yeah, um, it's a little bit rare. I think that. M- I mean, right now we're probably going to see a lot of it because people tend to try to, you know, like people who are surrounding our king will wear more um, Japanese garb to kind of, you know, fit in with his, the ensemble. Um, Like the people who are guarding him might wear or guarding uh, the queen might be wearing Japanese. But I think that it is definitely leans towards more european but you definitely see it you see japanese uh chinese i've seen 
I haven't seen it personally, but I've seen online like some Native American okay. garb and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool that people like get really excited about something and then they they research it and they're like building this persona off history. I I, th- I think it's pretty cool that the, the this the SEA embraces like because in my mind and that's where it really went was eastern european french you know english uh, fan, uh medieval time but the fact that the sea sea is embracing and personifying other cultures knowing that their timeline happened at the same t- you know they they had culture at the exact same times and bringing it into it is very neat um and definitely adds a unique uh experience to it so so did your experience with dungeons and dragons lead into this or is that something that happens parallel or because i I find that a lot of people who have grown up playing D &D, they want they want to they want to dress up as their elf or their dwarf or or whatever uh is is that something if you grew up playing D &D, is that something that that plays in because that also leads people to rent fair um does that influence your character or or how you came to SCA? Um, the only way it does is because the person who introduced me to the SCA is who taught me how to play D and D. Okay. So I did have that like kind of connection, but um, my persona is actually a Norse persona, and the reason I chose that persona is because I have um, like my like ancestry.com sends us back to Norway and I thought it was really it would be interesting my last name's Knutsen and so my persona's last name is Knuter daughter <laughs> kind of like adding that element um so I didn't I don't know if I would have just stumbled on the SCA without my friend kind of bringing me there and like dropping me in the middle of things okay i do think there are a lot of people who play D &D and and are super geeky in the sca right (laughs) right oh yes there's a lot of overlap there yeah definitely that's awesome um you know what honestly i think this is a uh this is a good spot to wrap this up did you did you have any Final thoughts, Lacey? I know we we meant to talk about you, but we ended up talking <laughs> about the SCA. But, you know, this is something you're passionate about. And, it is. Um, and I'm excited right now because it's starting to open up. So I'm like getting more excited about it. You know, why did you want to be a part of this podcast? Because I wanted to kind of get that question out there. We mentioned Josh earlier and Josh was the one who had uh, sent me a message asking if I was interested. And my initial thought was, I'm shy and awkward and it's a terrible idea, but, um, I, I do think I fit the criteria of being really geeky in a lot of different ways. So I felt like it would be cool to contribute to the conversation. And I also think that I have a unique perspective as a woman gamer and and geek. And I thought that would be, um, fun to, to throw into the mix too. So I, I, I definitely agree. And I think it's cool because you are LARP, SEA, D&D. David is Star Wars. Every You're everything, David. You're, you're all over. Like, I don't know about that. I, what? I, I, I'm curious. I, 
I'm very interested to hear about using D&D as therapy for, for people with TBI. I mean, is, is that something that is, do you have a clinical background in that? Or is that just something that you and some friends who might have TBI play for whatever reason? Or how does, how does, how do those things work together? So um, I first learned about, I hope it's okay. We're going. Oh yeah. No, totally. No, totally is. Um, This this is what we do. Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, I first learned about the idea of D&D as a therapy tool at, um, at a G I think it was at Gen Con before Gen Con actually happened. They have like classes for people who like own or work at game stores. So I went with the game store I was um, working at and went to that, uh, that class and I was like that's awesome and then I like kind of forgot about it and then I went and got my degree in neuroscience okay. or my bachelor's and ended up working at a place called Restorative, which is a, a treatment clinic for people with traumatic brain injuries and I was like I think it'd be a good fit because I kind of just uh, fell into this job someone uh, called me and was like hey I saw this like at the end of my road, there's a sign and the company's called NeuroRestorative and I know you like neuro things and it, they're hiring. So maybe you might want to look into it. And I did. And I was like, it sounds like a great fit. I'm, I'm okay where I'm working now, but I'll throw my resume at them and see what happens. And they called me back immediately. <laughs> and uh, we interviewed really fast after that. And the idea behind the program for my position, which was a cognitive retraining specialist, is okay. essentially teaching people uh, different things and getting to work their brain will help their whole brain in general. It's not just learning one thing. It helps you reform connections, helps your neurons like, you know, reach out. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, really excited about hearing that at the interview and she offered me the job. And so I was like, I'm a great fit because this program's doing all kinds of things I like, like art therapy, music therapy. They have a band where they actually perform. Okay. Um, and in different, like there's games, of course, and all kinds of like different things. Because I think one of the problems with people with traumatic brain injuries face as they're recovering is they don't want to just do the boring therapy. Um they want to they want to be engaged that's the best way i think to help like make that therapy happen um so i was working there for like maybe 6 months or 4 months um but cuz of covid i wasn't actually in the clinic i was at one of the houses like one of the um live in houses and i was talking to my boss about like it's really hard cuz it's low motivation people don't really want to do anything here because we're at their house like it's extra challenging to be at their house so I'm looking for opportunities around the whole there's like I think 10 houses or so Um, I'm looking for like other opportunities for where I can be useful and um, I found this group of people who had played D&D through the program in the past but that person had left so they were like kind of interested in it and I was like, I am the perfect person for that job. Just, you know, just give me, you know, just give me the chance. And so I organized it and I, it, we started with 
three people and it was going great. And then one person left, she actually left the whole program. Um, and so I was like looking for more people if they wanted to participate. Um, and we got a couple more people in the group and I found that it is the most rewarding thing I've done in this program because it's D&D is like set up to work all these skills. We just don't think about it because it's yes. fun. We're like working on how to, like if you roll ones like 10 times in a row and you're so frustrated, some people flip the table. <laughs> But that's like not the best response to like having an emotional, like emotional right. situation. So learning that, okay, I got like, I'm rolling badly and I'm having a bad day, but like, I'm still having fun and I can still like move on from that. And there's consequences to those ones, but also like, I'm going to roll twenties later and, and I don't have to be mad about it. Or um, we're just negotiating with people. I want to go over here but you want to go over here, which way are we going to go? And, and it's hard when you're not, I think it's hard for everyone. I think that D&D draws a lot of people who want to work on these skills anyway, even if it's like subconsciously. So, so you're the dungeon master then? Yes. So when, when you are, when you're constructing the adventure and you have your five or six players or however many, are do you write specifically for do you write the adventure for the sake of the adventure or do you specifically build in some plot points or uh, some specific therapy that is geared towards certain players if that makes any sense it does make sense i actually use a pre-made for this group i use a pre-made um adventure which i'm running them through strad which is nice. um part of it is because I've played it through a few times so I'm like super comfortable with it so I can kind of like um mix it up a little bit but I think it's important that I don't they're all adults um all these people in my group and I don't think it's fair to like make it kiddish okay you know so that I mean part of I also am working so I'm like not going to you know do something really heinous that will jeopardize my job if it gets back to my boss. Um, but I am not like, you know, the fights are real fights, you know, and, and the, the conflicts are real conflicts and they have to like navigate like moral dilemmas and it all, it just happens naturally. I don't necessarily plan for specific things. Um, what happens is if somebody encounters something they're working on, because I know all their goals, like somebody's having um, a difficult emotional moment, and then we'll work on that at that point, and then we'll resolve it, hopefully, <laughs> and then move on. That's an interesting thing to me, you know, because I, I grew up playing D&D, and, and I know that a lot of people are, they're trying to introduce their kids to it, because there are a lot of skills that come with D&D that you don't think about. I mean, yeah. the, the most basic is just math, just adding up, oh, if, you know, so-and-so got hit with an ADD6 uh, meteor swarm. How much damage is that? Um, <laughs> but it, like you were also talking about, it is problem solving. It is spatial awareness. It's it's all of those things that that just 
we don't think about, especially if we've been playing for a long time. It's yeah. just, okay. I make that's... them do all their own math and all okay. my math too. I actually make them do all the math in the game. Oh, you're a monster. <laughs> I, yeah. I am <laughs> terrible. So you just let him hit the button on D and D Beyond that ro- that rolls eighty six for Fireball. Uh, well, I they actually I coordinated to get them uh, most of them their own like hard dice to roll, and we I do it all through PowerPoint. Okay. So because the internet's strained, I don't use D and D Beyond or um, okay. Roll Twenty or anything because that lags my computer so much that it just doesn't make sense. So I have like PowerPoint visuals and I'll have maps up. You can get everything if you're doing a pre-made um, adventure. Like I just Google like okay, whatever Bro, map, yeah. like the Amber Temple maps, and then they'll all pop up on Google. And I just like drag them in the PowerPoint and I have like little stars I move around and I'm like, this is where you're at. You have to use your imagination because this isn't like a typical D&D because we're not in person, but um like you at least could see the visual i'll put up like visual pictures too like to remind we'll like go back and be like this is what happened last week do you guys remember okay you know can you tell me what the scarecrow's situation was or and you see progression yes definitely that's awesome i think that part of it is um like a trust thing like i'm building this relationship where we do this every week and it's mostly it's like a fun thing we're just doing therapy underneath it so it's like we're it's almost like we're a D group getting together and i'm just writing about the things after about what happened um right. so i think that trust like plays a lot because i mean people with traumatic brain injuries come from all kinds of backgrounds um some of those backgrounds aren't like the best backgrounds and they have a hard time trusting people and that really makes therapy hard because how can you improve your therapy if you're in this crisis mode of like do I trust this person to even do this thing okay never even thought about it like that man no that's awesome good for you Lacey I'm you know what I'm I'm so happy to have you a part of the family the DNA family and you know, and in all honesty, we're probably going to have to take David out back pretty soon and put him out of his misery. You know, we don't uh, need him breaking his you know neck doing it, showering. It, <laughs> in, a, in a few years, it's going to get cold out, and you're just going to leave me out in the snow. <laughs> you know, you, you you'll feel the snow coming like two weeks out. You'll just get that ache in your leg, and you'll oh you'll yeah, just... <laughs> I can tell you, the, the arthritis is already acting up. Yeah. Oh yeah, Lacey and I were talking for a few because. Ladies and gentlemen, I ruined Lacey's date last night. I pulled her <laughs> from a date and we messed up and it was, it was my fault. Um, so the nice gentleman that was out on this wonderful date with Lacey that I ruined, I apologize. He's and probably going to listen to this. I, and I hope he does. Real and uncomfortable. Can, <laughs> he's just like, oh my God, this is great. Oh. Well, um, again, I, never again. <laughs> Lacey, did you have any final thoughts? I don't think so. I'm really, um, I'm just really grateful to be here. And like, I am excited to share all this stuff. And I'm sure we're going to talk about all of this in <laughs> many ways in the future. So. Hopefully so. Yes. No, hopefully so. Um, Lacey, David, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, it was absolutely a pleasure to get to know you better 
and get you to, you know, to learn so much about, like, honestly, I learned so much about the SEA. I learned so much about what you do. And, you know, we had a great conversation, you and I, the night before. So I got to hear some of this stuff and uh, I am excited to see, you know, other things that you can bring with it. And I know you and I have sat down and we talked more about uh, p- things that you wanted to talk about, subjects you want to talk about. And SEA sounds so much more fun. We're definitely going to have to get more in depth with that. Um, so let's go ahead and let's wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod and on Twitter at NerdDNAPod or on our webpage, NerdDNAPod.com. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and join with me is the wonderful, the amazing, the impeccable, and the inquisitive David Perry and the wonderful acknowledging DM master of us all, Lacey. Thank you guys so much for being on the show tonight. I just looking for the throwback to Leona. Like you're not gonna thank her for being here. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, and our mascot dog Leona. <laughs> thank you. That's all I wanted. <laughs> thank you and good night. You gotta show the dog next time. Oh, we totally do. 